busy. The Platinum Series, Series of Interviews. Our next guest on the Platinum Series, Series of Interviews, is Billy T Award winning comedian and the funniest person on Seven Sharp, Reese Matthewson. Welcome, Reese. Thanks. Take that, Ben Hurley. <laughs> yeah, that was very Ben Hurley. That was, you could feel that that was directed at Ben Hurley. Wow, well, you guys get confused a lot, don't you, you and Ben Hurley? We really do. Like do, you ever get, do you ever get confused with James McConey as well? No, that hasn't happened. I think we're far enough away from each other professionally. <laughs> no one's coming up to me for my hot sports takes. Because <laughs> I've seen Ben Hurley be mistaken for James McConey. Like, I was having a coffee with Ben Hurley, and then someone came over and said, you were great at the Rugby Awards last night. <laughs> and Ben was like, I was what? At the Rugby Awards last night, at, at our rugby club. And then he was like, I'm Ben Hurley, not James McConey. It's always nicer to be the larger person in a comparison. If I get compared for Ben Hurley, I'm like, sweet as. But for him, <laughs> yes. it must be like, whoa. Is there another one? Is Steve Wrigley in there as well? Are there? Uh, do you remember comedian Steve Wrigley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Steve very well. Steve Wrigley, Ben Hurley, Reese Matthewson. Is there some kind of confusion there that sometimes – James McConey. Yeah, and Joseph Moore is the other one. Me and Joseph, Joseph Moore used Moore. to get compared oh, all right. the time. Yeah, Joseph Moore. Was there someone – that was there a man that was operating that was making love to a whole lot of different women at some stage in around the 90s who produced a whole lot of really, really funny people with a number of different mothers and you actually are all from the same father, perhaps the same sperm? I would love that. That way we could do like a kind of Osmond family band kind Imagine of thing. Imagine that. Imagine if that was the truth. There was just some very funny man who was operating, who was just impregnating women across different Zones around New Zealand. You'd know this as a comedian. Uh, race do you, does is is funny handed down genetically. Um, like, yeah, yes, but my parents don't know that they're funny. Right. My mum will say the re- truly ridiculous things. She'll say phrases that she thinks are like common phrases. Like she, I showed her a photo of um someone at our work's new baby, and most people be like, "Cute baby." My mum went, "It's just nice to see a newborn in a woolen knit." <laughs> wow <laughs> No awareness Okay so she's focused on the garments Yeah She's seeing a lot of babies in denim apparently Well maybe she also Maybe it was a horrifically ugly baby And she was just looking to find the positive in that Maybe she's a glass half full woman As Some babies are ugly eh Oh yeah Do the parents know? No they don't Really? What? I've got, a, I've got a son who's now Quite a handsome man, but when he was a baby, I looked back at pictures of him as a baby, and I was like, "Wow, we!" Like I remember Lani saying, "We need to approach Griffins because this baby needs to be on the front of biscuit tins." And now I look back at the pictures and I go, "He was kind of a weird-looking baby." And sometimes being a weird-looking baby really pays off later on. He looks great now, but we were so enamoured with our child that we just thought this is the Brad Pitt of of babies. Oh, did you? Okay, that's interesting. Is that the firstborn thing, perhaps? Because Maybe, yeah. I thought my first child was quite pretty, but I think she was quite a pretty baby because then I had a, a, the next one, Hugo. Horrific. Absolutely <laughs> horrific baby in every way, shape. A big, giant, drooling, hairless piece of crap. 
you know, and he he knows that. He's well aware of the fact that he was a horrific looking baby. But so I'm not sure whether everybody thinks that they're. But I I knew that he was disgusting looking. And but he's all right now. He's grown into it. No, he's still pretty horrific compared to my daughter. I think he's you know he's but he's he's trying. But who knows how he's going to so, go? So because all this morning, re- best word. Reese, we've been trying to. We're talking about favourite children. Um, how many how many siblings have you got? I've got one sibling, older. And uh, 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 a female or a male? Male, older brother. Yes. Uh, do you think you're the favourite? Yes, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Are you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to, like, the, when we were kids and there'd be some sort of disagreement, our parents would always be on my side. Yeah. Really? Yeah, pretty pretty much. And now I'm older, I look back and go, oh, man, yeah. I, I did you so dirty, bro. Yeah, I know. I was the favourite as well. One boy out of th- one boy and three sisters. I, I just yeah, I just bought something else. They had three of one type of th- behavior and one of another type of behavior. Did they, they just- know that you were going to carry the family name? Um, maybe yeah, maybe maybe that was it. I mean, is that important? <laughs> my incredibly uh, liberal parents. I don't think I think they're angry. I carried the family name. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, see, I had an older brother. He was definitely the favorite. But Dickie but- Wells. Yeah, he was definitely the favorite. Like. You don't so call, much the favourite. You don't call your favourite Dick. Well, he, he wasn't called Dick, to be fair. Oh. But, you know, I think he was definitely the favourite. And it's not easy following in behind an older brother who doesn't get in trouble. Let me say that. Especially when you're me and you get in lots of trouble. But I think that's part of it. I think you define yourself based on what is around you. And you find a role inside of it. It's like, well, I'm not going to be able to... My brother's like the head boy. It's like, well, I'm never going to be able to be that. That's that's ridiculous. So was I'm he the head the boy of grammar? He was a head boy of St. Kent's Prep, and then he's a prefect at grammar. He was he was like in the top class, and well, he was a good don't you sports just pick it, person. He was like- That's a, just a backhander at He's St. a massive Kent's. nerd. It's he's a, a massive nerd. That's a backhander, isn't it, at um, St. Kent's Prep? It's just like you just like you turn up with a- It's like a Chris Ken's brown paper bag of cash if you want your kid to be the head prefect at St. Ken's, isn't it? Potentially. I'm not sure what my parents did behind the scenes. <laughs> well, <laughs> They didn't want to spend that money twice, though. <laughs> they weren't no, doing that for you. Well, as soon as he was said, boy, was like, well, that is, I, no matter how good I am, I never will be because you, you couldn't have brother and brother head boy. That would, that's never happened. That couldn't happen. But, but Jerry pointed out something interesting, Reese. So how much older is your brother than you? Two years. Because that's a real kick in the nuts for him because they knew him for two years longer and still decided they liked you more. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like if you've had a friend you've known for longer, you tend to sort of have more affection towards them. How bad was this brother of yours? He's the loveliest. He's so He never got in trouble. He's real honest. He's real like black and white, does the right thing. Um, I was more of a troublemaker than him, but I think I was a more sensitive kid. Yeah, right. I was more quick to cry, so I got like... Yeah, you know, looked after a bit more. You've always been Smart. a really lovely person, actually. Ever since I've met you, you've always been very nice. And once I was talking to Mel Bracewell because she used to work on the show, and I said to Mel Bracewell, she was talking about you, and I said that guy's a real fucking evil piece of shit. That guy. And <laughs> and then about two days later, she came up to me and said, "What did Reese Matthewson do?" And I said, "Clearly, I was kidding. Clearly, Reese Matthewson has never committed some crime against me." But it was just she, she was just horrified that I said it, and she was creeping around for a few days, going, "What did he do?" I, I want to know what happened in those two days where Mel Bryce was working up the courage to confront you. <laughs> what, what did one of my best friends in the world do to to justify that vicious attack on him? So, do you reckon you can change? I'm glad she brought it up. 
because she might oh, yeah. ne- she may never have come back to me, and then she was just kind of like fucking mad. Hey, really had to go at this. That guy, what a lovely person. That guy. Uh, I reckon you can change as well from being your parents' favourite when you're a kid, and this is what I was saying today: is that there's always time, and you think as a kid, you've only got eighteen years to really become your parents' favourite. But look, life's a long journey, so yeah. before you grow too old, don't miss the opportunity to strike a little gold. You can actually. Keep, you know, there's plenty of time. So it's, I think, it's a highway, isn't it? I think it's swapped because my, my brother's had kids now. Oh, uh, uh, I think. See, that's what we you were said, saying. Jerry said that before, turn up with some grandkids Fucking and booyah. Have a, have a fuck. You can have a fuck and become your parents' favourite. It's not hard. Jerry, I don't think, you can't really say that kids come from, kids come from lovemaking, not come what from you my, said. They come from no, my, they don't. Come from fuck. They don't. They come from they don't. fuck. The one, when, you, when you're doing the F, it doesn't make kids. When you're making, doing the L... That makes kids. You came from a fuck. Rubbish. You came from a fuck. No, you can't say you that. You came from a fuck. No, you can't say that. Anastasia, you came from a fuck. Oh, you can't You're say like that. You're like the Oprah of coming from a fuck. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> you came from a fuck. <laughs> I came from a fuck. No, you didn't. I came from a... I came from missionary position. From what I know about um, <laughs> childbirth, it can only come from when two people love each other. That's what I was told. And you can't love someone you haven't fucking. That mouth. <laughs> you can't fuck. When you, if you love someone, it's not fucking, it's loving. Love making. Ooh, not the way I do it. Really? <laughs> We're just going to take a break there really quickly on that note. How do you make love? I would say that um, <laughs> me and my wife are currently in a, in a game of sexual chicken where we've been together long enough we know each other really well, so now we'll jokingly dare each other to do new things that we like. Just like while we're in the kitchen, just like, do you want to pop in the chair and piss on me? Mm. And we don't do it, <laughs> but I think it's gonna get to the point where like one of us won't back down, mm. and our relationship will be forever changed. Well, you know the boarding school trick when you're in a hot shower and then you just wee on another uh, um, dude's leg because it's about the same temperature, and you can just wee on a guy's leg for an entire shower without him knowing. So. I'm not saying you do that because you should always look for consent in anything, but you can get away with it. For an entire shower, that's a long piss. Oh, yeah, no, just for some of the shower. (laughs) (laughs) Do you piss in the shower if you're having a shower with your partner? It's a really good question, that one, isn't it? No, I don't think you do. Do you? I think you've got to keep some mystery in a relationship. I, I think you do, but you wait till they're washing their hair. So when their eyes are closed for about... 90 oh, yeah, seconds yeah, yeah. to two minutes. That's, that's smart. Well, yeah. that, that won't work for Matt. It sounds like he urinates for, I want to say, four to six minutes at a time. It's long. It's called a dad's piss. It takes a long time to get going. Yeah. That's a prostate problem. Yeah, I mean, it's not a consistent flow by any means. No, it's and <laughs> starts. It's, it's like, it's like, a, like a little... It's, it's like, like a, an old lawnmower. It's like a little chicken. <laughs> Have you ever seen a chicken cough? They go, <laughs> It's kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's something else. That's number threes you're talking about there. Oh, I thought we were... Uh, that's what we're, we're talking, talking about, about right? number ones, <laughs> not number threes. Oh, yeah, because I've started calling that pissing. Yeah. Why are you doing so much of it? Mm. Mm. <laughs> Can we get back to this urinating the shower? Because that's an interesting idea that you're talking about there, Reese. Because if you do do that, say your partner has decided to shampoo her hair or his hair or their hair, and they're going through the process, and then you decide to urinate at that time, now's my chance. The eyes are shut. What happens if then they decide just to open their eyes at that moment and they catch you sneaking it? Surely it's worse than doing it 
with them being fully aware of it. You're in trouble at that point. I, I, th- I think you can try and play it off. I think you can. There's always a bit of a cheeky, ah, uh, you got me. You son of a bitch, you're right. Oh, you got me. I'm a head out. I'm a urinating in the shower. Or oh, the other thing is you never touch it. Like I've, I've realized that if you are going to urinate in the shower with someone else, you never put your hand anywhere near it. You just let it happen. Because they can't tell the difference between the bits that are coming down from the, from the shower head and the bits that are going down, especially if you drink a lot of water. I think they can. I think, what, I think what's this? Really? What's this powerful jet hitting me at a forty-five degree angle oh, see, from this your side? Age. See, Matt and I fits and starts. It's not forty-five. No powerful straight up. jet. <laughs> straight what? up. What? Forty. Which way is your forty-five? Mine's going, mine's going down. Mine's going back out behind me. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I'm doing it these days. Hey, what about this? this is a question for you, um, uh, Reese. Um, in a relationship, right? There's that situation where maybe your partner's in a shower. And you really need to do a number two, and you okay, sneak in, on. and We're you sneak in. If, if there's a situation where in the same the bathroom's also got the um, the facilities in it, is it okay to sneak in there, do your business, and get out no. without flushing? Absolutely not. Why the fl- no <laughs> flushing part? Like it's never okay not to flush. Well, <laughs> when I was growing up, I've got this problem. Like, I don't know, has this ever happened to anyone else? When I was growing up, when you flushed, it turned the hot, the cold water off in the shower. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did you ever have that situation? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then as a result, like, I used to do it to my dad if he'd piss me off. Like, <laughs> I'd go and flush the toilet and you'd hear him scream. But um, I, used to the, I used to do the same with you the washing just, machine. Yeah. I used to turn the washing machine on if That's my mother big. had upset me and just <laughs> and she had that long showers. Passive, you two passive aggressive assholes. I love my mama, but sometimes <laughs> I love your mama too. What's the? You stay away from. My is mama. that been fixed? That problem with showers and and flushing and washing machines. I think so. Yeah, with the caliphant, I, I don't think it happens that way. The caliphant. The caliphant. You guys caliphant. running a caliphant? Not running a caliphant. What's a caliphant? You're not running a caliphant. What's a caliphon? There's no one running a caliphon. I'm not running a caliphon. It's continuous hot water. Oh, must Sounds be nice. one of those elitist kind of things. Must be nice. It's come, but you have to have gas hot water, and then there's a little box on the outside of your house, and it means that all the hot water runs through your your caliphon, and you don't have a hot water cylinder. You guys don't. You guys have a cylinder? No, we don't. So we must be on a caliphant. And it continuous hot water? Yeah. Yeah. You've oh, got a caliphant. That, that, that means you can flush with gay abandon. You it's can, fine. Yeah, you, you can flush away. You can flush. It's fine, right? Just so you know. Just flush. You're going to take that away from this interview and say, you know what? I learned one great thing. I can flush with gay abandon. But see, what I'm running is two hot water things. Tanks. One upstairs, one downstairs. You've got two tanks. Two tanks. Because when they were just putting a bathroom in recently, they put another tank in. I'm like, well, can, we, can we not just plumb it from upstairs? They're you like, no, you piece of crap. You're like, like you muppets. Tanks. What are you? There's you've a cost got- of living crisis, mate. That's tone deaf. And you're living, you've got two hot water tanks. Some people don't have any hot water tanks. Mate, how many bathrooms at your house include the one in the pool house? It's not about me. This is about include you. Include the bathroom in the pool house and the number of bathrooms in your house. This is not about me and how many bathrooms I have in my house. This is about how many hot water tanks you are running. Actually, Jerry, it's about Reith Matheson and his bloody show. That's so wild for a man to use the word caliphant and then take the stance of the working class. <laughs> Us working class California users 
There is no one in the working class of the We're, Californian. The working class Californian user out there, the average Kiwi Californian the, user. The only Californian user, working class Californian users are the people that got shoved in MIQ and there was one in the <laughs> hotel room. <laughs> Fuck, I've totally forgotten about MIQ until I said that again. I, I don't think the words MIQ have passed my lips for two years. Well, that's what the people doing vape lats reminded me of. of yeah. People being stuck, you get an hour outside. Did you do any time in the MIQ? No, I didn't. No, no, I was I was stuck in Auckland in my house. All yeah. the rest of my my flat were not working, whereas I was working from home. So I'd oh. trudge out to my little office. Oh. I've got a little shed out the back of my garden. Came back in for a cup of tea in the mid morning. They're halfway through Fast and Furious Five. Oh. And they're like, well, that's our job for the week. We're getting through these these movies. So, how many people live in your house? Uh, four then, three now. Because I actually felt really jealous of there was I, I knew some people that were living in like flatting situations of six or seven people, and there was that fantastic. Um, Backpackers down bottom oh, yeah. with a roof bar and party yeah. and like people were complaining because they were just partying because they were they were locked in with like twenty five people. Yeah. Well, they were in a bubble. They were, they were in a twenty five person bubble. Twenty five person <laughs> young, sex bubble. Young person sex bubble. And hey, I was man, like, yeah, great time. And there I am, just at home with my bloody family. How miserable were the people that were complaining about it though? It's hundred percent jealousy. These people are. It's like, yeah, they're, they're not going out of their house. They're allowed to be together. Would it have killed those people to get online and order some binoculars and just sat on their balcony <laughs> and, like, stared at the 25-person sex bus bubble for, like, four months? I would have. Could have, should have, would have. So you weren't on a 25-person sex bubble. I, that was an interesting time, wasn't it? Because if you did have to work from home, there were definitely people that were on situations that were like, this is actually awesome. I'm getting paid full wage. I have to do anything. Most stand-up comedians who don't have regular day jobs, it was their highest earning year, was the year <laughs> that they got government support, because they could be like, yeah, I normally gig this much for. <laughs> the only stand-up comedy gig I've ever been booked for was shut down by the lockdown. It was with Ursula and Guy Montgomery and Laura Daniel and there was uh, and the Taskmaster live that was yeah, going to happen. And, the, and I was going to have to, I was going to have to perform a, a tight five at the start. <laughs> And 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 it sold out, and then then the government seemed to give me quite a lot of money, and I was like, I haven't done anything. I haven't done anything. I've never performed in this fashion before, so I haven't really lost any income because I haven't done it before. Next thing you know, I'm getting some money shoved in my bank account. And I'm like, thank you. More importantly, do you remember the set? Do you remember uh, the jokes? Um, I ran a lot of them past Ursula, and she goes, "That's not funny. That's not funny." <laughs> And it's typical that you would say make a joke like that. That's not funny. That was that was that was the that was the feedback I got. That's honest feedback, isn't it? It was good feedback. It was ac- it was accurate feedback. <laughs> okay. And but, then did you rewrite? Eh? Did you rewrite, or you just went, well, fucking? I'm well, this was th- th- this <laughs> chat was at a lunch that we were having, and then that afternoon we got shut down for four months. So it was it was straight after the lunch that 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 happened. After she told me that my Type Five wasn't up to scratch, we then went into the lockdown, and then the, and then the, the the thing kept on getting put off. So um, yeah, so I, I will, next time I see it, actually, I must deliver my new Type Five that I'm just doing for my own fun. That's so funny to go like I've I heard you, and I've spent the last year <laughs> <laughs> really rewriting. I've taken that on board. It's become the sole focus of my life. And then she'll go, "That's not funny." <laughs> Reese, I know that you tap danced as a boy, and that interests me because no one else in the history of the world has ever really been into tap dancing before. 
Certainly not since 1975 when it was a huge deal to tap dance in New York in 1975 and as a result every single performer on Sesame Street when I was growing up tap danced and even Kermit the Frog tap danced in those days, everyone tap danced. But you decided that tap dancing was going to be your thing. I find that fascinating and that makes me also think that there must have been a number of other things that you did when you were a child that you probably haven't told me about or I don't know about that must be in there as well. Is that right? Yeah, well, I started tap dancing because of Sesame Street. It was on Sesame Street and I went clicky shoes. My parents were like, what the hell are you talking about? And it was my brother who went, he's saying clicky shoes. He wants to do tap dancing. Bullshit. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah, 100%. That's amazing. That is amazing because that was, I I too thought, wow, tap dancing is pretty cool because of Sesame Street. But I just never quite had the motivation to then go and buy myself a pair of shoes. Well, it's a huge investment early on, you know, like spending like 120 bucks or whatever it is. I don't know how much the shoes were at the time. And kids are so likely to go, I'm not going to do this anymore after like Especially one week. around tap dancing. Yeah. You could, like of all the things that you think this kid's just going to move on quickly. Yeah. Luckily, I wasn't... Um, Really aware that I was setting myself up for a lifetime of school bullying. <laughs> but the thing is, I saw that, like, uh, I watched um, RRR. Have you seen that movie? It's fantastic. No, is it good? It's so good. But it was the first time in my life I understood why dancing in movies is freaking awesome. Have you seen RRR? It's a fantastic – it's not Bollywood, it's the other one. Is it Molly there's, – there's another part of, of um, Indian cinema that covers about 250 million people, but it's not Bollywood. Anyway, in this movie, there's all these dance scenes, and it's fair, it's so amazing. And I go, I get it. Why they had dance scenes in, in movies? Because it sort of, it's a way to show a fight without a fight, and it's a way to show love without, like, watch R R R, and then and you know, like I would, if I'd, I would take up dancing after that. I understood. I understand why people like you would have seen tap dancing and gone, should I want to dance? Because because you want to have sex. Oh yeah, massively. But without without touching. What's what's the? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like this. Yeah, it is, isn't it? That's what it is. It's, it's touching without touching. It's connection without. Yeah, touching. Yeah. How old were you when you got into tap? Four years old. Oh, bullshit. And how long did you stay with the tap? Till I was sixteen years old. Shit, the taps were on for a long time. <laughs> yeah, they really were. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow, that was a good investment. I guess they had to invest in. I was going to say that was a good investment in the <laughs> tap shoes. It's like so likely your feet got bigger over that time. Yes, that's to me, four-year-old who's into tap, that says destined for higher honours. Something in you is going, you know what, I like that, and then you're going to follow that weird thing, and then you're going to keep going with it's it. It's a person that cuts the, uh, cuts a different track, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I th- well, Going back to talking about like uh, positioning yourself kind of around your siblings, my brother was a huge sports guy. Yeah, right. And I think subconsciously I went, all right, I'm doing arts. Give me drama, give me dance, yeah. give me everything like that. That's yeah. the exact thing that's happening with, yeah. between my two sons. One of them is two years older and um, a real sport sporty guy, and it's like the other one has defined himself completely not as that and is, and is great and is doing fantastically in whatever he chooses to do and sport him. But I think you kind of you kind of have to find your lane because you are smaller anyway, so you're always – Either that or you go up against your brother and the people that go up against their brother are often the greatest sports people in the world, you know, because you're always getting absolutely punished by your brother in a sporting sense. So you're saying I missed the opportunity to be the greatest sports person in the world? I think that's, uh, yeah, I think you could have been, you could have been Tiger Woods. You could have been Rafael Nadal. You could have been 
Venus Williams. You could have been anything you wanted to be. I don't think you would have been a great badminton player, but I I think that you would have been a, a I think you could have been a great golfer, great cricketer. I don't I don't have the patience. I'm a very impatient person. My dad would always say like, "Hey, let's go to the golf course." And I think he stopped when I was about eight years old, and I um, worked him in the ghoulies with the <laughs> golf club right. on the no third more. hole. On purpose? <laughs> on purpose. Wow. Like a, no more. Yeah. And you were still the favourite. So back to the tap. <laughs> so you did the tap, and then was there anything else weird? Were there any other weird hobbies that were going on in your life? Uh, Obsessions? It's, like I, tried, I wanted to learn the keyboard, and my parents went like, if we get you a keyboard, like you're locked in. You're locked in for a couple of years. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, 100% I'll do it. And then um, the person that they took me to to do the lessons, their house really smelled. I've had this. Yes. This and as an eight year old, you don't know how to say that to your, your parents and be like, hey, look, this person's house is truly disgusting. Yeah. So I just went, I don't want to do it anymore. And they went, too bad. And I was there for a, at least a year and a half. Do you know what, oh. Reese? Something really similar happened to me. I um, my I'd organized, I'd been past Beg's musical a number of times with my mum and pointed out the bass guitar I wanted. And then my dad went in to get the bass guitar that had all been signed off. There'd even been a deposit put down on it. And he decided the last minute that he wanted me to play trumpet instead because he he was quite into actually Peruvian pipe music at the time. Herb Alpert. He wasn't into Herb Alpert and the Tier 1 Whatever, but he made this executive decision as the father and brought home this trumpet and booked me into these lessons at this guy's house that fucking stunk. And it was the stinkiness of the house that was worse than any part of it. It was worse than not getting the bass guitar. It was worse than having to play trumpet, which I wouldn't do. It was every Sunday night, and it was at 6.30, just when you wanted to be chilling at fucking home because you got school tomorrow. And there's this guy, and it's, you know, like people that cook a lot of lamb, like a lot of lamb. It was a fucking lamby smelling fucking stinky house with this weird guy with curly hair that... To this, if I if I saw him on this, if I I would not break for that trumpet trumpet teacher. What are you doing, Jerry? Jerry's frozen. He's like a pterodactyl. <laughs> no, he's like a velociraptor. I just found ter- Herb Alpert in the tier one like of brass. A, can you play that, please? Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah. This that's what he wanted. You. That's what he wanted. He wanted me walking around the house doing this. But how are you guys with your kids? Because my dad. Is also very much like no, I know what's best. He'll yeah. constantly. I remember my um, my intermediate school swimming day. Me as an as a not sporty kid, no athleticism to speak of whatsoever. And he was like, "Well, you've got to wear speedos. The the drag is greatly reduced in speedos." <laughs> and I was like, "I'm not going to win, Dad. I want to wear board shorts." He's like, "Absolutely not. You were turning up in speedos. I was the only person in speedos." <laughs> I did a nervous wee before my first one and got called Dribble for the next oh, year. Oh, Dribble. Good nickname. Oh, my God. That's a good nickname. My dad was like that as well. Like, you'd go into buy, you'd point at the cool shoes, and you'd go, no, no, unpractical, and they'd get you the shittest shoes, and then you'd be like a whole year at school with the shittest shoes anyone had ever seen. It's like, it's the same price. Let me just have the ones that everyone else fucking has. You don't have to be so clever about everything. You know what I mean? you got to say that, that nickname, Dribble. Like that's a that's a good nickname. That's someone that's named you there, and you, you might some people might say, "Well, that's bullying," but no, as a, a lot of people might say that's bullying. You know, as a comedian, like you can't leave that you can't leave that on the on the field. You can't just leave that. You've got to take it's it's objectively funny. It's too good to you know what I mean. And so much humour comes out of 
people's misfortune, things, silly things happening to people, unfortunate things happening, and you, you can't leave and that, that. And that's why um, Donald Trump was so hard to combat when he was just coming up with names that were like primary school nicknames for people. Because it's so hard to com- combat, because if you give it any credence, it just grows. So, like, what about when he called Kim Jong a rocket man? Little rocket man. It's like, that is so dumb. But it kind of totally belittled him. Well, that's why dribble, like, because someone could have called you piss boy or something, you know, yeah, which I work. think would have been quite mean and not very funny. Yeah. Piss boy, piss boy's like, oh, that's kind of nasty. Whereas dribble, dribble sounds, it's a funny sounding word. It is. And it's quite cute. And, you know, it's it's vague enough that I could rock around to new people and be like, I'm just crazy good at basketball. Yeah, totally. Uh, dribble, yeah, yeah. Dribble's good. And you That's go to a, a new school. <laughs> My name's Dribble. Hey, you-, <laughs> you announce yourself <laughs> as a Dribble? You own it. the chance dribble. to leave it behind. <laughs> you own it. Dribble. Dribble loves maths. Um, Start referring to yourself in the third person. At school, you were called the backdoor bassoon, weren't you, Jerry? That's right. I was called the backdoor Did bassoon. Did you own that? What was I going to do? Of course I was going to own that. So you took up the bassoon. It's a it's a compliment. The being called the backdoor bassoon is a great compliment. Is it? It's, yeah, it is. <laughs> is it? It is actually. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good. It's good. Well, you nicknamed yourself the Coos. Yeah, I mean, that's a good the nickname. Coos. Well, yeah, I, I nicknamed myself the name of the Coos at um at high school, and it stuck. So something about nicknaming yourself the Coos. It's yeah, like it the Coos. Like Adam Prory nicknaming himself Maverick. Yeah, and I insisted people call me the Coos. And I always referred to myself in the third person, even to teachers. The Coos will not be attending class today, <laughs> Mrs. Martin. The no Coos. They loved you so much. <laughs> the Coos will be walking into town and buying some fish and chips. <laughs> the Coos sounds like a radio station. The Coos. Oh my the God, Coos the Coos. 99 <laughs> FM. We've got to change the name of Hodaki to the Coos. <laughs> no, we don't. 99 The Coos. <laughs> On your dial. <laughs> it's 99 The Coos. <laughs> I, like, I like The Coos. It's got something. Well, you I can't believe Mash here is complaining, doesn't want to call the radio station the Coos. You're called Mash. Oh. No one even knows your last name. It's yeah, Mash Mashison or something. I don't want it to be Mash, but that happened. And But the Coos, isn't that, you know. Mash suits you so well, though. How could you not be called Mash? Don't you reckon, Reese? Don't you reckon he suits Mash? Look at him. He does suit him. I know one other guy who's got the nickname Mash. Solid dude. I think Mash speaks to, like, um... Uh, to strength and dependability. Oh, I'll take that. Thanks, Reese. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever I just don't do understand why, why he got the name. Because because Mash's real name's Finn, but he's like I don't know why when he started working on his show he didn't introduce himself as Finn. He just came in and said <laughs> That's not I true. I, I definitely did. Yeah, but no one knew your name for a long time until you were called Mash. Well, because he was interning. <laughs> are you still interning? Like, no, are you, are you on the payroll time. yet? I've been full time for three years now, Jerry. Three years? Yeah, three years. Bullshit. I've been, I've been and sitting so on here. your pay slips, does it say MASH or what does it say on it? No, no, that's just my real name, Finn Caddy. Finn Caddy? Caddy's your name. Yeah, Finley Caddy. Is that a nickname or is that your real no, name? that's the real one. Sounds like a made up name. I think you've you've lucked out with, with MASH. You could be called the Caddy. Yeah, which but, I suppose is, but a lot of people do call me Caddy. That was the name that I had growing up, was just last name. Caddy. Carrying someone's bag. Yeah. Which quite is often, ironic because quite often I'm out in the office and like people are, I'll have a whole conversation with people about Mash, and I've got no idea who they're talking about because <laughs> they're like Finn's going to do this or Polly will yeah, come and do Finn? that, and it's like who's Finn, who's Polly, and it's like the guy you work with every day, and I go, oh Mash, Mash, Masherson. My father calls me Mash now, which is yeah. a problem. That's mm. my dad. Mm. Does your partner call you Mash? Because I've always found that kind of weird. Does my when lover your partner call calls me you Mash? by your nickname? No, my lover doesn't call me Mash. Yeah, Why not? that's good. 
sometimes like if it gets real steamy, I'll, I'll yeah, ask that, if she maybe. Do you find that weird? I, I find it weird when. Do you, do you ever say it like because you'd be like because she could go it's bangers and mash time. Well, no, because Banger was the previous. That's how I got the nickname. Oh, that's right. Yeah, his previous his predecessor was called Banger, so we called him Mash. So it was Banger Banger and Mash, and Gravy, and Gravy, and Gravy. Who could forget Gravy? Anyway, um, (laughs) should we should we plug you? Yeah, let's do it. Plug you. I'm just gonna go around the room and plug him. Yeah, we'll plug him. Oh, Annie, you up for that? Comedy festivals coming up in May. I've got a show called Summer Gorgeous. It's on in Wellington from the 9th to the 13th, Auckland to the 16th to the 20th at about 8.30 those nights in really great venues. Tickets at comedyfestival.co.nz. Are you going to be able to do this in seven show up at the same time? No. No, you're going to take the time off? Yeah. Has Jerry approved that? What about Hillary? Oh, no, I've, I've got a picture of an old positive COVID test. I'll just send that through. <laughs> Reese Matthewson, thank you so much. It's been a great pleasure. If, come, Please come anytime. Come by anytime. Thank you. It's always nice to have you. <laughs> hey, just a quick Seriously, if you're walking by, you're doing a vape lap, swing swing on through. Swing on through. Can you just hold that Vivaldi going for a second? Just, uh, Mashy, if you could do that. Just hold on. Hold. Hold. The Platinum Series series of interviews. Thanks to Z Business Plus. Makes managing fuel easy. You're earned it. You ruined it. You ruined it. You ruined it. You embarrassed me. Embarrassed me in front of Reese. Hey, just before you go, Reef Matthewson's Summer Gorgeous Tour is coming to Wellington and Auckland in May. If you would like tickets to attend the show, slide into our DMs at Matt and Jerry on Instagram and we'll see if we can sort you out. Give them a taste of Kiwi from me. Bless, bless, bless. Coos out. Hello listeners, Matt Heath here, a.k.a. Daddy, a.k.a. The Coos. Bless, bless, bless. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you have time, set to download, subscribe, like and review. You could win prizes for that. And while you're at it, why not stick around and listen to the show highlights pod. Give them a taste of Kiwi from me, Jerry, Mashian Stager.